So a couple of weeks ago, that I kind of, the topic was, what is God up to? What's God up to? And boy, that's, I mean, that's a warranty question. I understand that because there's a lot of things we don't know. The Bible said, First John says, it doesn't appear yet what we will be. It's called an enigma. But we know one thing, when we shall see him, we shall be like him. I don't even know if that even helps or not. But the idea this morning is this, that what is God up to? So about two weeks ago, I told you basically that Gayla gave me a puzzle one time and threw it on my desk, and she said, here, put this together. And so I looked at it, and I turned it over, and both ends or both sides were, was, was blank. There was no picture of what I was putting together. But she guaranteed me all the pieces were together. And so I kind of told you how we began this process, this, this, this little uh, series is that I'm, I'm not for sure what I'm, God is doing. If he'd give me a clear picture, but I didn't know if I was putting together butterflies or bulldozers. So it took a while. So if you don't really know what God is up to, just join the crowd with the rest of us. So the first thing I told you was this, that I did the simple things. I, I got all the borders and the edges. And we start there, because that's simple. Now, I want to I show you, if you're putting something together, please leave the glue and the scissors at home. Because this is the problem with a lot of churches and, and religions is this, is that if they don't like what God's doing, they just break out the scissors and say, there. That's not the way this works. Because it's not your gospel. This is not your word. And don't mess with it. You understand me? Don't, I'm, and you've been here long enough to know that I am, I am an opposer of anybody that wants to twist the word of God. It's either right down the middle or it's not at all. So I began to put the borders up, and that was pretty easy. So we talked about the three borders are very simple. Elementary and church. He justifies us. He sanctifies us. He glorifies us. That's very simple. Justify. Justification. He moves the ledgers where we're right with God. Righteousness. Dokasune. It means not only we're right in our spirit, but we're right-minded. We're right with God. We're just right. Sanctifies. It's a process. We, we learned that. And glorify means, doctor means to show us off. God loves to show us off. Jesus said in John 17, Jesus said, Father, I have glorified you. I have showed you off. And Gayla said this the other day. We was praying for Mamie. And where's Neil at? This is what she said. God's just showing off. God's just showing off. If you hadn't had children or grandchildren a long time, really, you enjoy showing them off. Now, some, some of you, I know they're related to you, and I don't blame you for not showing them off. But anyway, but, so God loves to show us off. But before he'll show us off, he's got to justify us, and then he's got to sanctify this process of sanctification, working on us. But he loves to show us off. So once we get the borders put up, which is elementary, if you've been at, you know, a chimp at Frank Buck Zoo knows justification, sanctification, glorification. But now we've got to deal with the middle stuff. That's where it gets hard, and that's where you want to break out the scissors and the tape. I understand that, but don't do it. It takes patience. The Bible said, he endures to the end shall be saved. And the word saved, it means a, a thought-mind process. He said, he that will keep their sanity to the end shall be saved. See, it's not only our, our souls once we become born again. Our, you, can never, you can never lose your relationship with God having a hell issue. If you're saved, you're saved. But your mind can go crazy. Turn and say, I may be there today. I don't know. You can't backslide and go to hell. I don't care if you believe that or not. It's true. Once you get saved, you're saved. But you can live your life in hell. And you can cause others to stumbles, And God's not pleased with that. So I'm telling you, 
that this morning we're going to try to help you in the next few weeks put the centerpieces together. How about that? So we're going to do it slowly. How many knows that I'm slow about this? Mm. So some of you wasn't born, but because of the, the, you don't know this, but in FFA, I went to state uh, dairy judging. One second in the state of Oklahoma. Doesn't matter. But I know a little bit about dairy cows. And uh, in about the year 2000, that milk producer said that, that they had lost about 31 to 32% in milk sales. So somebody come up with an advertisement, and you're, some of you are all aware, aware of this. It's just two simple words, and you see a lot of celebrities. Well, here he goes. A lot of celebrities wear it, have milk mustaches, and it's just two white words on a black background. It says, got milk. It doesn't say milk's good for you. It doesn't say anything. It just says, got milk. So all the sport icons and the celebrities would wearing milk mustaches. And even to this day, some of you, because you're of age, you see someone with a celebrity or, or, or a sport icon, and he's got a, or he or she's got a milk mustache, even Mr. or Mrs. Potato, however you want to say it, they got a milk mustache, you know it comes from the commercial. Got milk. Got milk. Don't get me started. This world is nuts. The church is nuts. Oh, don't even get me started there. That's a Wednesday nighter. <laughs> so by seeing this milk mustache, it really began, and getting celebrities and sport icons on board, then sales began to skyrocket. Just two words, got milk. Well, the thing about it is, I want to show you this morning that there are about four fun facts about the milk, cow's milk, the fruit of the cow. Number one, we know for a fact that milk is packed with vitamins and proteins to promote strong bones. We know that. Number two, one cow can serve up to 100 glasses per day. Jersey cow. Jerseys are a little, it doesn't matter. One cow can hold up to 25 pounds at one time of milk. And cows can give 3% more milk while listening to soft music during milking. It's utterly amazing. <laughs> so somebody may ask, well, what song would they play? I don't know, the Beatles. There's something the way she moves. Something. <laughs> so we have a couple doctors and scientists, and we have one plumber here, and they'll all agree that milk is probably good for you. It's good for you. It's good for the body. It's, it's, it, it helps strong, develop strong bones, help you grow. It has a lot of proteins and things to help you. It's a lot better than Mountain Dew, Steve Byers. It's a lot better than that. It's just, it helps you. And can we all agree that milk is good for you? I don't care if you're lactose intolerant. Milk is good for you. Just drink it and puke it and drink some more. It's good for you. <laughs> so if we can agree that milk is good for us, which we can, so listen to what Peter says. This is 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, in the good old NIV translation. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk. Now the King James, which is good, he used the word desire. I'll get to that. But like newborn babies, who's he talking to? He's not talking to sinners. He's talking to you. He's talking to me. 
because there was a lot of immaturity that's going on in his time period. The church in Peter's time was absolutely gone crazy. The first church, they had the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, and then even as Paul addresses this, because Paul and Peter was both contemporary, but they said this, what you began in the Spirit, now you want to perfect in the flesh. What God only did by the Spirit, now you want to organize it and form a committee and, 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 and do certain things in the natural to think that will develop your spiritual walk. It will not. The same God that born us by the Holy Spirit is the same God that matures us by the Holy Spirit through his word. So, like newborn babies. Say the word like. So he's giving you, here's the example. Here's your sign, a newborn baby. They desire or they crave pure spiritual milk that you may grow up in your salvation. What a weird deal. How can you grow up in your salvation? Let me explain this to you. One is soteria and one is sozo. You you cannot improve on God's saving grace in your heart. You can't improve on that. He rested in that. That's why he rested on the seventh day. He said, I I don't want to improve anything. I've done everything, made the sky blue, green grass, and put a couple felines and fowls and fishes everywhere. He said, bam, I'm done. Don't mess with this. I like it. When he saves you, but... By the work of Jesus did upon the cross, he said, Father, it is finished. Everything that is required of me, it is finished. Translate to last time, and nothing can be added. Once you get saved, you are saved. Don't think that lengthening your dress, stacking your hair, putting makeup on or makeup off will help you in your spiritual salvation. It'll just mess you up. So he says, so why should we desire spiritual milk? that we can grow up in our salvation. It's not the word soteria. It means like the means I'm going to go to heaven. It means sozo. It's three compartments. It's the holy trinity of me. It's my mind. It's my spirit or his spirit in me now. And it's my body. The idea this morning, hear me. Just hear me loud and clear. That you can't improve on your saving grace going to heaven, but you can improve on your body on your way there. And your mind. I don't think I belong here. I think I belong somewhere else, to be honest with you, but I'm, I'm, I'm here with you. But the idea of this is this, that on your way to getting there, evidently you're going to have road traps, you're going to have problems, you're, go, you're going to have speed bumps, and it's going to set you back. Matter of fact, the Apostle Paul said this, dealing with the Corinthians, he said, I'd have been here sooner, but Satan hindered me. The word hinder, it means to put a hole in the road. I had to go around. I had to take a detour. I would have been here sooner, but, but I've been beaten 39 times. I've been shipwrecked three times, and he gives you a list in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. The idea is this, that he wants us to grow up in your salvation. Are you all with me? So Ephesians 4 says it like this. He said that you may grow up in Christ was the head of the church. You've heard me say this that it's, it's, the head is this big, but the body is little bitty. It's a stick man. Got this great big head and this little bitty body. He said the word of God is so important in your life that if Christ is the fullness, which is the head, and he's the fullness of the head, and he's perfect in all things, he said grow up in, not only grow up in Christ, but grow in proportion to the head. It means hopefully that my arms are in proportion to my body. And it's weird when Christ in all of his fullness and his love and grace, and, and we're this little bitty stick people, and people look at you like you're weird because you are. 
God wants us to grow up in our salvation. Now pay attention to me this morning because this may be my last sermon here. But you've been coming here long enough to quit yawning and nodding up and playing games on church. You need to be growing up in your salvation. Your mind, your spirit, and your body. We need to start acting like we're men and women of God. So how do we do that? Through spiritual milk. How, how do we grow in our salvation? I mean, having friends is a good deal, but having friends can still disappoint you. The Word of God will never disappoint you. Agreed? So this morning, we're going to talk, not long, but we're going to talk about how do we grow up in our salvation? How do we quit, we put away certain things? And it's very important this morning. If a natural milk feeds and strengthens the natural bodies, then the Word of God is needed to grow in our salvation. It helps us develop and mature us. It's normal and natural and necessary for believers to desire the Word of God so that we can grow and develop into maturity. It's normal. It's natural. It's necessary. The problem I have with some of y'all is you come from a different church with different doctrines. This I buy old condemned houses, and it takes me longer to tear them apart than it does put them back together. It may take me three years to take you apart. Yeah, I know, but pastor, the church I come from, hey, listen, I understand that, but if, if you're still hung on to that doctrine, you need to go back to that horse and pony show. Here, we're going to get the pure, sincere milk of the word. We may, may not be frilly. It may be not thrilly. You may not get goosebumps. We, we may not march around the building, but make no mistake about it. Before you leave here, I'm going to cover you in milk. Period. I'm going to baptize you in the spiritual fruit of the cow. So if it, it is normal and it is natural and it is necessary as a baby that would demand from its mother, it's natural, it's normal, and it's necessary for you as believers to desire or crave or demand the Word of God so you can grow and mature. Okay? Now, I heard some feelings over this, but singing will not take the place of the Word of God. I love singing. I like to hammer a lot of bad notes on that piano. I like it. But it doesn't take the place of the Word of God. It doesn't. So, this morning for a few moments... A baby, when it's born, first thing, uh, I mean, I was there when these two boys were born, and I mean, first rattle out of the box. I mean, we just unwrapped them. First thing they want to do is eat. I mean, they want to eat. I mean, they're screaming. And this is a G-rated sermon, but I mean, I think we're all adults here. I mean, I think we are. I mean, but, but, the first thing they want to do is find nourishment. And they're screaming, and, and it is normal, and it's natural, and can we agree that it's necessary for a newborn baby to get what it wants from its mother? 
I mean, it's, it's, it would be absurd for the mother to deliver the child. I mean, first rattle out of the cage, and here we are, and, and the baby screaming and holler, and the mother, no normal mother in the world said, hey, wait a minute there, my new little found friend. Uh, you've been a pain in my side in other places for the, for the last nine months. Mommy needs some me time. <laughs> What's funny about this, the, the King James used the word desire. And the word desire in the Greek basically is epi, which is alongside. Patheo is a word for gnawing, craving, desiring. And, and I'll deal with this a couple of weeks about this, is what Jesus said about Simon Peter. He said, Satan desires you. And I'll talk about that in a few weeks, about what this means. Epipatheo is a word that that is that you're craving it, you're demanding it, and watch this, you're desiring it even to a place that you'll get it unlawfully or unwilling from the other party. So what does that mean? This is a lexicon definition of epipatheo. It means that even if the person that has what I want doesn't want to give it to me, I've got to have it bad enough to do whatever I need to do to get it lawfully, illegally, and even if the other party's unwilling. So how many ever raised kids? Still. So you, you, what you do is, is that, now, our kids, our boys slept right in the middle between me and Gala for until they got 17. They slept right there between us. <laughs> but you stick them in another room, you know, you stick them in another room. Nowadays, now that they got monitors and cameras, well, back then we didn't have that. So we stuck them in another room. I, we didn't stick you, Jeremy. We placed them in another room, and how many knows at 3 a.m. that you're not really excited, you're, especially when they're young, I mean, like babies. Anybody here raising babies now? I mean, whoever said potty training is not a big deal, they've never raised kids. I'm telling you, the first time they hit that commode, oh, happy days, man, we're on our way. Well, I want you to know at 3 a.m. when that baby is an infant and he or she is screaming to the top of their lungs, it's not what you want to do in the middle of the night. So whether you're breastfeeding or you're mixing formula, whatever it is, but I want you to know if, if, if you're laying there and he or she is screaming in the other room and you turn to one another and you say, it's your time, no, it's your time, no, it's your time, I got up at 1, it's 2.30, your time, and you're playing ping pong and you're saying, Maybe he'll go back to sleep, but when he doesn't go back to sleep, he's going to cry or she's going to cry until they get what they want. Whether you're willing or not, a normal, decent mother or father will get up and they will make their way to the bedroom and they'll do whatever they have to do to give this a little bundle of joy, what they want is, and say, here, you, you are driving me crazy. But the idea, they're saying to themselves, this is what I need, this is what I want, it's natural, and buddy, I'm not going to let you get eight hours of sleep until I get what I have to have on the inside. You should come into this place every Sunday kicking and screaming. Oh, some of you do. 
He says, crave, as newborn babies, crave or desire spiritual milk, which is the Word of God. Why? It's not that you can go to heaven quicker or faster or in a better vehicle, that you may grow up in your salvation. It means that you, you can mature, you can develop. And I will tell you, the more of the Word of God that you have, it doesn't mean that you'll be perfect and you'll be on a pedestal. We're not on a pedestal. We're not perfect. God doesn't expect perfection, but He expects progress. But I will tell you that I handle things a lot different than I did 30 years ago. I deal with things a lot different than I did 15 years ago. You come to me and you say, well, I got this problem 25 years ago. I said, well, you got a devil. I mean, we start casting something out of you. And I've learned that we all have problems. But the Word of God seems to be the spiritual milk in us that helps us to mature spiritually and grow up in our salvation, mind, spirit, and body, that they can all work as three. You ain't listening to me. You should come in this church house every Sunday morning kicking and screaming. If you are, and I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know if you're born again of God or not. I don't know. I know you come here. I know you say you are. I don't know anything. I'm not a heart reader or mind reader, but I'm telling you what, this is the litmus test. Is any person that does not crave the word of God, you probably are not born again and saved. You should come in here kicking and screaming at me. You should come in and you shouldn't ask me, have you had a good week? I don't want to bother you. I mean, I know you're working, but, you know, blah, blah, blah. You should come in here kicking and screaming and say, I demand, I crave, it is normal, it is natural, and it is a necessary in my life that I get the Word of God in my life, and I don't care if you've had a bad week, bad day, bad life, bad month. Last week, I don't care. I demand it, and I'm not going to let you quit. We're not closing at 12 o'clock. We're going to stay here until I get what I want spiritually through the Word of God. You should do that. Now, some of you, you're busy running out the door because you're going to watch Cowboys lose again. I understand that. <laughs> but there'll be a flood of people that'll come through here and absolutely come into church and I want to know about this and that and this. And, I, and I'm glad to oblige. I'm the last one out of here. But I understand what's going on. You cannot grow physically, spiritually, emotionally, and all these things without the Word of God in your life. So, and the most dangerous people in the world that is starving, you've seen the little children in Africa, their belly sticking out, and if you didn't know better, you say, man, they're eating better than I. No, their little belly sticking out because they're malnourished. You'd be surprised that people run around the church that got their spiritual belly sticking out, and you're thinking, oh my goodness, they, they are just so full of God. No, they're full of something, but it's not God. Hurts, don't it? It's true. It is the Word of God that absolutely comes alive in our life, and it is normal and is natural and is necessary. You should come here kicking and screaming. I want the Word of God. I've got to have the Word of God. I appreciate music. I appreciate love. I appreciate the handshake. But at this moment when my, life, my wife is laying on a ventilator, I need to know what God says about this situation. What can I do? What can I say? How can I pray? I, I'm not leaving here until I get an answer. And so that's why the Apostle Peter says this. Whether I've had a good week or bad week has nothing to do with your needs. You need the Word of God in your life. 
you need to see it and understand it and reason it maybe in a different way that you have. And, and, and I encourage you to do that. That's my job, is, is to break down. It's called, if you don't know anything about dairy products, that's why it's called pasteurization. I help you separate the bacteria from the good. Every milk producer knows what it is. I'm, I'll, trust me, you just don't want to drink it straight out of the udder. It's not that pleasing to look, like, look at, it, and there's a lot of stuff going on there. That's why we call pasteurize it. That's what I do as a pastor. I kind of remove out all the other junk that you bring in here and say, let's get rid of that mess, and here's the true milk of the word. So this morning, that, that as we begin this process, fill in the blank, this is, the, this is where we begin. It's through the word. Desire it. Crave it. Demand it. Demanded. I want to know what this scripture means. I want to know what it says, and I want to know what it means. That's, what, that's my job. And if I don't know, then we'll, we'll find out. But you'd be surprised of the people that only knows little cliches, little things, little rumors, like cleanliness is next to godliness. That's not even in the Bible. And I've had people in my church years ago said it was. And I said, well, show it to me. Or the Lord helps those that help themselves. That's not in the Bible. I'm glad to tell you this morning, I'm glad God helps me when I can't help myself. But as we begin to grow up and grow up, that we grow up in our salvation, that our mind begins to think different, my emotions begin to react different, my body begins to react different because the Word of God, the pure milk of the Word, is being activated in my life. There's an old saying that says something like this, you are what you eat. That's what it says. Several years ago that I was, I think I was at a dentist's office and it had a little cartoon of a little squirrel laying on a couch, laying on its back, and it has little legs crossed. And the psychiatrist there with his glasses down taking notes. And the little squirrel said this, when I heard you say, you are what you eat, it was then when I realized I was nuts. So if God's word is what helps us to grow and develop into spiritual maturity, then why have we quit? If the sincere milk of the word is the only means and it's the primary means that we grow and develop in our salvation, our spiritual maturity, then after we've been serving God a while, why have we quit? Why don't we stop? And I'll answer that next Sunday. And it's pretty evident as we kind of look through churches and, and watch the masses and the medias. I, I know the name of Jesus is going out, but this is what I want you to tell. Jesus said this, beware. When men shall say... Here's the anointing, and there's the anointing. When, now, you think I misquoted that I didn't. The word Christ is anointed. The word Christos or Christ means anointed one. So the King James says, that, he said, beware, beware. When men say, there's the Christ and there is Christ. That's kind of funny because you think it's, it's self-proclaimed messiahs, and even though the Jim Jones and the moons, it's, it's a different thing. And, and, and we, we wouldn't be tricked by that, but we would be tricked by anointings. 
You missed that, didn't you? No, you missed it. Wake up. You missed it. If our enemy comes to the front door with a red suit and a pitchfork, you get the idea who it is. But he doesn't come that way. He may come at a worker, co-worker in your office. When Jesus said, beware, the time will come when men will say, there's the Christ and there's the Christ. He's not really talking about Savior Christ or the Son of God. He's talking about false anointings. And I'm going to say something to you loud and clear. Anytime that a church or a religion will shy away from the Word of God, you better beware. Because you can't be anointed with music and style. But when the Word of God is not there, Jesus is the Word. He said He became flesh and the Word dwelt among us. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh, and that flesh dwelt among us. Jesus Christ is the Word of God. Not only is the Logos, but He is the written form. So this morning, what if the milk and the fruit of the cow, and the, if, if that was the thing that causes us and the smart and the sarcastic answer is this. We develop spiritual lactose to the Word of God. It shows. So this is how we do it. It is the Word of God that will teach us how to get our homes right and our lives right and our mind right and our actions right, how to respond, how not to respond, how not to react and overreact. And I'll tell you, it's called spiritual maturity, and it comes through age. But I want to help you grow. And next week, if, if you don't play hooky, I'll show you why we quit drinking spiritual milk. So this morning, my desire is for you is this. The anointing of God comes when we begin to surround ourselves by the Word of God. And the Word of God will help us. Isaiah 26 and 3, Neil said, I'll give you perfect peace, shalom, shalom, whose mind is stayed on me. Shalom, shalom is a Hebrew word for inside and outside peace. Wow. Psalms 46 and 10, just be still, shut up, <laughs> and know that I'm God. The Bible said that in His presence, there's fullness of joy. I'll leave you in peace, not in pieces. I'll give you my peace. The world does not know, but I'll give you my peace. And every time that we begin to look at the Word of God and get it in us, something happens. It not necessarily means it'll prevent things from happening, but it will embrace the situation. Now, we're going to go, and I've said this one time a long time ago, but the vehicle that we're riding in will depend upon and it will depict the response when we hit potholes in the road. If you don't know the difference between a, a soft-tailed Harley and a hard-tailed Harley, you haven't ridden a hard-tailed Harley. They're called hardtails for a reason. It's just no shocks. So my wife has a car, has a Lincoln, it's a nice one, I got one, it's fine, you can go down the road and you hit a pothole, 
and then I got no beat up pickup, I can hit the same pothole. And when I hit that pickup with that pothole, I mean the whole rear end of my pickup is not, I'm thinking, boom, it just jars me. But when I hit it with a, a car that has suspension, it's not the fact that pothole's not there. It just doesn't overreact the passengers. What I'm telling you, we all hit the same potholes. What kind of suspension do you have? We all hit the same problems. We all have home problems, marital problems, financial problems. We all have it. Work problems, dealing with our mind, dealing with the in-laws. How about that? We all got it. But the grace of God and the Word of God helps suspend the pressures. That's growing spiritually mature. And somebody would look at you and say, man, I don't know how you deal with that. I don't know how you... How do, you, how do you do all that? And this is what he said. It's just the Word of God in my life. It's the Holy Spirit that enables me. He gives me strength for the day. So we're going to grow. We're going to grow or I'm going to choke you. We're going to grow. So, Father, this morning as newborn babies, it's normal and it's natural. And man, is it necessary for their, to impose their will upon their mother. Kicking and screaming for seconds, minutes, and even hours if needed to, to get what they want. So too this morning, Father, that we, we desire your word. We want to know truth. We want truth to be established in our hearts. Father, your word says that you are the God of Israel. You never sleep nor slumber, but you constantly watch. You're constantly awake. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you hear over 13 billion people that may cry out to you at one time, but I know one thing. You hear us when we cry. You hear the prayers of Neil when, when tears run like rain. You hear. So this morning, we just want to grow. We, we want to grow spiritually. We want to grow up in our salvation. We want you to show us off that we have become mature men and women of God. And it's only through your word. Your work is the milk that nourishes our spiritual body. So we're all in this together, ladies and gentlemen. We're all here. We're all on our way. We may not have reached our destination, but we're well on our way. We've left the launching pad. But this morning, before we get into next week of why we quit drinking milk, let's go back to basics. Let's, let's say, God, we need you. We need your word in our life. We want it. How can I make my marriage grow? How can I make my finances be right? How, how can I make myself be a better husband, wife, father, grandfather. How can I do that? It's through the Word. And we want to grow up to be a strong church that glorifies God as He glorifies us. Amen? Turn about two people and say, you know what? I'm better than I was last week. Go ahead and tell them that. And I'm going to be better next week.
because I'm going to get into the Word in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand with me this morning. Give the Lord a praise offering, if you would, please. Huh? The Lord is good. Communion service, if feels, please come. If you're visiting this morning, we celebrate Holy Communion every week. We're not asking you to fill out a report card if you've been good or bad. For you that are a little bit, we didn't raise the sameness of God. Some of you are new here this morning, but I was taught that to examine yourself, and if, if you take examine yourself and there's things that are bad, you're heaping damnation. And boy, did they ever mess up those scriptures. Good gracious. Bible says, let a man examine himself, which I have, and don't take it unworthily. And the word unworthily is word for inaxios, your own worth. Don't ever take communion in your own worth. Jesus is the only one that is worthy. And we're going to do the same thing that we, they did 2,000 years ago with these 11 individuals that he took the bread and he took the cup and he broke it, not in their own worth, but his worth. So he took the bread and he lifted it up and he said, for 2,000 years you've been observing this ordinance. It's the unleavened bread. But Jesus said, now I'm the bread of life. And every time that you take it now, you'll remember that it's my body that will be broken for you. Your broken dreams, your broken lives, your broken hearts. Just your brokenness. Jesus became broken that you could be whole. And then he took the cup and lifted it up and he said, you've been celebrating this ordinance for 22,000 years, 2,100 years, but you would take the blood of a lamb and you would sprinkle upon the post of the door in the shape of a cross. When the death angel, the Abaddon, would come over, it would pass over you. But now then he said, I am the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And my Father will take my blood and place it upon a post in the shape of a cross. Do this in remembrance of me. So every time we have the opportunity that I can take the bread and take the cup. It reminds me of Jesus. Father, forgive us. We repent. We've made a mess of things. we said some things we probably shouldn't have. We might have buried our candle under a bushel this week. I don't know, but I know one thing. I want to live for you and glorify you, and I want to be the best that I can to help my children and grandchildren in this community know that God is, is a good God. Help me to crave your word. I don't need a substitute. I don't need a byproduct. I just need your word that I can grow. I got in trouble by leaving it alone. I need your word that I can grow and be strong and be healthy. And we're on our way. We're beginning to fill in the pieces of this puzzle. The word of God is the first piece. That we want to be more like you. In Jesus' name. Amen.